Back in here, hour number three of Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Nick Braden, D-Mace, Marquise with you. Sean Henry talking shop with the Predators president coming up at 8.30 this morning. 8.45, we have Stick to Sports. Uh, we will tell you also how you can win a pair of tickets to go see Nashville SC. That's coming up in less than 10 minutes. But D-Mace, he's got the all 22 up. I can visually confirm this because I'm sitting next to the guy. The laptop is open. He's got the notebook. He's got the notebook. Lots of notes. Glasses are on. You look very professorial. Pro- well, professorial? Thank you. I appreciate that, brothers. D-Mace dissection, which could very well one day supplant the Baldy breakdown. Is this, is this Dr. Mason? Yes, you can call me Dr. Mason. You can call me... <laughs> what are you a doctor of? Getting open. <laughs> All right, good people. Once again, it's an installment of... Yours truly, the twenty all to the all twenty two breakdown, and this week I am breaking down one Ryan Tannehill versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Here we go, fans. Here we go. Third and fourteen, Tennessee. They're at the Tennessee twenty one yard line. It's six minutes left in the first half. Uh, the Tennessee Titans are on their side of the ball. This is what I'm going to call this, third and 14, people. This is There's not too many plays you can call when it's third and 14. But, you know, uh, Arthur Smith chose to pull out this one, which, you know, it was a – it could have been a good play, but it wasn't. All right, third and 14. I'm going to call this bunch right tight. And we're going to call this um, bunch right tight, um, X out. What happens here is it's a good read by Ryan Tannehill. The offensive line uh, got pushed. So right read, right guy to throw it to, but he got, he got pressure in his face. He couldn't step through on his throw, which caused him to throw an errant pass. Now, to me, if he's able to step through on his pass, he hits A.J. Brown for a 15-yard pickup, an 18-yard pickup, rather, and it's a first down. He throws it in in between cover two, um, but because he got pressure in his face from the rush in, he was not able to step into his throw. And Taylor Wan has to do a better job at, at you know, getting the base, stopping a guy, and allowing his quarterback to um, follow through on the pass. On this particular play, he wasn't able to follow through. The pass went errant. If he's able to hit um, A.J. Brown on the the 18-yard outbreak in between the safety and the corner, that is a surefire first down, deep pass. Excellent throw, but he wasn't able to throw it. He wasn't able to follow through on his throw, so it made it an errant pass. It was a good read, bad throw, but it wasn't because of the quarterback. It was because he got rushed in his face, and he wasn't able to step through on his throw. Off his back foot. Off his back foot. Absolutely. And we've, and we've, seen, like yeah, and we've seen Marcus yeah. um, have to go through that as well, um, where he's getting rushed in his face, and he's not able to follow through on his pass. But I think the problem with Marcus was is that he he never, his base was never really settled. Yeah. And he threw a lot with his upper body. I mean, he was a shoulder thrower. He didn't throw with his lower body. Ryan Tannehill is the opposite. He uses his base well. This particular time, he wasn't because he had pressure coming from the left side, which is where our you know highest paid um, left tackle uh, resides. Didn't have a particularly great game. Uh, yeah, you might be right about that. Is it fair to say since he's returned, he's been very underwhelming? 
I would say he's been average. Yeah, and you can't be average when you're, you're making that mu- when you're making that much money. And, you just can't be. And I think at some point, like it's okay for a game or two mm-hmm. when you're coming back from suspension to be rusty. That's fine, but not at this point anymore. Like starting now against Carolina, especially, you need to be at your best. Exactly, because we're going to get to a point if he continues to play below what he's expected to play, coming off of a suspension for PEDs or banned substances or whatever you want to phrase it as, we're going to sit there and say, is he a lesser player because he's, quote, not on the sauce anymore well, or whatever he was taking? That's, that's, a dangerous, speculation. that's a very dangerous conversation. But you know that's what that's what individuals well, hey, they're it, going to go it's to. That's what people think. When, 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 yeah. people think. When, yeah. when you're in Major League Baseball and you hit 310 for five years and you hit 35 dingers and you get whacked in the Mitchell Report and you're now a 245 hitter and you hit 12 home runs a year, yeah, that's that's oh, what they assume. Yeah, you're dangerous, right. fine, but uh, clearly you're not the same guy. No, you're absolutely right. So let's hope that Taylor, you know, the offensive line, for the most part, they've been better than what they were. Yep. Now they're not to the standard that I know they want to be at, but they have been better than what they previously were, um, because previous to the last two games, they were horrible. I mean, they were just downright horrible. And they still gave up a couple of sacks to the Chargers, a couple of sacks to the exactly. Bucks. Could not run the ball against the Bucks' interior off d- defensive line. They, like, and now they're going to play a real unit. Exactly. I, I think their success is largely due to their opponent the last couple nah, of weeks. And, and you and, might and, be right. And Tannehill's been better than Marcus. There's no question about that. I just, I, From an offensive line standpoint, let's talk about why they're better. I think it's because of their, their competition. All right, next play. Third and 11 at, t- at the Tennessee 48 with a minute and 52 seconds left in the first half. So I'm kind of going, I started with one play, now I'm, I'm kind of doubling back. Um, we got motion to trips right, trips right, H seam, X in. Now, on this particular play, it's cover three. Um, um, Tannehill is able to read the covers because he motioned the guy. This is a sure fight. This is a completion. This is... For on every level, you got the right coverage with the right route combination, and this should be a completed pass. Corey Davis uh, runs a 15 yard in route. Ooh, I know um, what you're about to say on this. The one. slot guy, I think it's Khalif um, Raymond Raymond Khalif, yeah. who they put him in the game, I think, because of his speed. He can clear everything out. He ran the right route. He ran it perfectly. The inside guy. He took up. His guy, and he made the safety have to hesitate just a little bit. Corey Davis ran a really good route up until the point where Ryan Tannehill released the ball. Now, he gets a little bit of pressure, Ryan, just a tad bit, not much, just a tad bit. He does what every quarterback supposed to do when the rush is not coming up the middle. He steps up in the pocket, and he delivers a strike. Now, here's the problem because it was an incomplete pass. Here's the problem. It wasn't Ryan's fault. It had nothing to do with Ryan Tannehill. If Corey Davis comes downhill and doesn't drift up the field, that is a completed pass. If he uses really good hands, because Corey has really good hands, if he uses big mitts like we, like he's supposed to, this is a completed pass. He comes out of his break at 15 yards, and instead of coming down the line as we are taught as receivers, come down the line to slightly downhill, well, he comes down the line and he drifts up the field. That gives the defensive back the ability to come underneath. 
Ryan Tannehill threw an excellent pass. It should have been a first down, but because Corey Davis drifted up the field, the defensive back was able to come in and knock the ball down. And he let it hit his chest. Yeah, and Instead he let it get out, it, and Use your arms, extend your arms, and catch the football away from your body. Absolutely. He let it get inside of his body. Now, just the common person is looking at it and saying, well, that was a bad pass by, by Ryan Tannehill. No, it wasn't a bad pass. It was a really good pass. It was the only pass he can make. At the, it, he put it right where he needed to put it on the receiver. It's Corey Davis's responsibility as a receiver to hit that step, break it in, and come slightly downhill and use your hands. Corey, you have really good hands. Use your hands. Do not let the ball get inside your body. You've been taught this. I know Rob Moore is teaching you guys that. Do not let the ball get inside your body. This was a situation where he cannot let the ball get inside his body. Ryan Tannehill did exactly what he was supposed to do. He stepped up in the pocket. He delivered a strike, but it was incomplete. Yeah, I think, and when you say downhill, you mean if you're cutting the route at 15, you need to be at 14 yards yes, when the ball comes You should comes catch to you. it at like 14 yards. Come yard. back towards the line of scrimmage a little bit and just attack the football. Like I saw that same play and I tweeted about it, and Chase McCabe immediately was like, are you listening to Derek Mason scream in the press box? <laughs> because I, I, I saw that play too in real time, and I just I, I was like, oh, my God, come on. Like Now, again, did, Corey had the throttle back a little bit, so the throw might have been a, like a step late or whatever, but basically if you've got two yards on, your, on a defensive back mm-hmm. – you you need to attack the football with your with your with your hands, and that was one of those where I was like, Corey, dude, come on, man. Well, the only reason it was late because he got a little pressure, he had to step up in sure. the pocket. But if Corey comes back downhill, it's a completion. It's a completed pass, and it's a first down and move it to change. Now, here's a play that we talked about yesterday, um, and you say, well, why did they choose? It's the play after, but why did they choose to throw the ball to a five eight receiver? Uh, it was a slot fade to Humphrey. Yeah, why did they yeah. choose to throw it to a 5'8 receiver? Well, they must have heard what you were thinking that day. Because I know that day you were probably thinking the same thing. Why throw it to Humphreys? Well, they went back and they ran the same exact play, basically. But they ran a fade to Tajay Sharp. Single, was, single, single, single side. Yes, yeah, yeah. single side. They threw a fade to Tajay Sharp. Here's the play. We got third and six at Tampa 6 with, with 20, 29 seconds to go. Is um, Zoom. Uh, the twins right out, which means the tight end is flexed out to the right. X fade is self-explanatory. This is a one-man route. This is mano a mano. It's man-to-man coverage down at the six-yard line. I got a six-three guy going against probably a five-eleven six-foot corner. So odds are in my favor. Ryan Tannehill takes the snap, reads the coverage. Corey Davis goes in motion reads the coverage, and he sees that his man-to-man on Tajay Sharp. He has enough confidence in Tajay Sharp that he believes Tajay, if he just throws the ball up, that he will get it. He threw an excellent pass in the back corner of the end zone where only the receiver can get it. Tajay Sharp did a good, an excellent job at getting off the line, using this big body, uh, um, getting that separation, creating separation, and then diving for the ball. To me, this is a pitcher-perfect play. Tannehill did everything he was supposed to do. The receiver did everything he was supposed to do. And I don't care if it started on a six-yard line or whatnot. This is the play that was called, and this is how you execute a fade route. When you are on a guy that's much smaller than you, quarterback, just throw it in the back end zone, back of the end zone. Let me make a play. Tajay Sharp, second week in a row, catches a fade route. There's nothing better than that. Now, that's a play I think Marcus would have made, too. So I'm not just bringing it up. 
because Tannehill made that play. I think that's a play that Marcus makes too. But these are the plays that when you have a mismatch, whether it's A.J. Brown, um, Corey Davis, or Tajay Sharp, all these guys are over 6'2". Throw it up, let them go get it. Tajay Sharp, second week in a row, touchdown. There you go. Another D-Mace dissection in the books. 615-737-1025. The number back after this on Morning Drive. It is Morning Drive, ESPN 1025, the game, fixing all that's broken in Nashville Sports Talk Radio in the morning, 6 to 10, Monday through Friday, questioning the answers and answering the questions. That's what we're here to do. Sean Henry will join us coming up at the bottom of the hour. Stick to sports at 845. So we're going to go from breaking down the Mm All-22 to a conversation that has started in the last couple of days at the World Series with people trying to get their 15 minutes of fame. Yeah, so obviously a big story. Was it Game 5? Is that right? Mm. Game 5 when Garrett Cole was pitching yeah. in the seventh yes. inning that two uh, two young ladies decided to uh, flash the uh, the cameras there. The uh, American public. It made it on national TV, of course. Uh, we are not here to discuss uh, the World Series and what happened in Game 5. Thanks for the memories, by the way. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm just curious why people are so angry with them. Um, it, it you can't flash people in a public setting. I get it. Like, mm-hmm. you're, it's wrong. You shouldn't do it. Let's. It's not a thing that's going to happen moving forward. I, I get all of that. Um, th- they are both models apparently. Um, over a million plus followers on Instagram. I guess that means something. I don't know. I don't care. I don't have an account. Um, but I'm I'm just curious why everyone seems so upset with the two of them for trying to sort of snatch their few minutes of fame and and makes and profit I guess off of it mm-hmm. right gain some followers gain some notoriety build their brands whatever I, I get it that people don't like how they did it but I'm sitting there watching TV last night and I'm looking at a, a, my wife my wife's like TV consumption consists of like outdaughtered which is a TV show about a couple who had like I think it's sep- septuplets is that right five Mm. Five or six daughters, like at one time. Oh, good which lord! Is I feel for the husband. Insane. Ooh. My and, wife had two, and that's too many. <laughs> and they had an older daughter who's like oh, three man. years older. So he's got like six or I seven. Would just daughters. buy a male dog. Just have some testosterone <laughs> in the house. Well, and, and it's actually like there's a lot of the reality TV stuff that really like I, the Teen Mom stuff mm-hmm. really bugs me because they are essentially throwing their kids into middle of controversy to make money for themselves, mm-hmm. and that really uh, that part just Teen Mom as a TV show just it just bothers me. But that's just that, – that's a teen pregnancy being capitalized on to make profit for money. How is that any different? Like all of our reality TV shows are the same as these two chicks doing what they did at the, at, at the World Series, right? No, it's just right. trying to grab fame because you did something different than everybody else. Uh, most, of, most reality TV is that. Like look at Chip and Joanna Gaines. They, they just fix up houses in Waco, mm-hmm. Texas, and now they've got a store that sells you stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, by the way, I'm I'm going to that store too. <laughs> I'm going to go to that store. But what's Kristen Cavallari? Mm-hmm. You know, she she's just famous because she's a party animal in high school, and now mm-hmm. she's married to Jay Cutler and has a store that sells home goods to kids. Like, mm-hmm. it's just what we do in this society. So, what what is it? Why are people upset with these two girls? I, I get it; they shouldn't do what they did, and that's not something we should have on national TV. I also think we're a bunch of prudes in this country; you can't handle just a little bit of skin in your life. I I, I just think. I don't know why people are upset. With what? With I don't understand the amount of things that even the microphones yeah, are upset. It, with the with the because television, um, and I'm not talking cable. I'm just talking regular network television. Right. Commercials have totally changed. 
Um, they're no longer are they family friendly, sort of speak, um, compared to what it used to be. They're on the cutting edge. They all they always have this push, hidden message. Push the envelope. Yeah, they always have this hidden message of sex in it. They do. If you look at just about every commercial, it's always that hitting. I'm pushing j- sure. just a little bit more. Um, so this is, but this is just the world that we live in. And I don't know. Did I like it? No, because if I wanted to see boobies, I can go see them. It's just, it, it is what it is. I mean, it, it, the internet is there. If you want to yeah, see, yeah, if you want to yeah. see them, you can see them. Just, um, just do, I, do a Google exactly. search. You'll find Absolutely. what you need. You'll find all you, all you need. You can sit there for hours if you want to. <laughs> I don't recommend it, please. I don't recommend it. It's a waste and, of and, time. And kids, please don't. Um, but why are, but in Europe, why, yeah, why are, are you so uh, outraged? It, it's just. In Europe, it's an advertising. Exactly. You've like, seen, you, if you've seen one. You've seen them all. <laughs> See, I, I would take it a step further. It's not just 15 minutes of fame because these two individuals are already relatively known. In their world. In, in their, their world. world. Yeah. It's a matter of always trying to stay relevant. Mm-hmm. And I think even in sports talk radio, people in their careers will push the envelope every couple of months, every year or so to get to get news, what to about, get headlines, what about every day to stay two, relevant. What about every day at 2 o'clock until mm-hmm. 6 o'clock? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, why, why, why do you think, just to make a sports radio parallel, why do you think Cowherd every now and then has one of these these rants on Baker Mayfield or Russell Westbrook where he borderline makes it personal yeah. because he knows he gets himself back in the news cycle? Well, and, and Cowherd's yeah. making, listen, that guy's, you know, he's making five or six million dollars and he's one of the most prominent radio hosts in the country. These are two people no one's really heard of. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't know what a social media influencer is. I don't want to be one, nor do I follow any of them. I don't care. I didn't buy a ticket to the fire festival in in the Bahamas, so I don't know. Yeah, me. What um, was that? So uh, you remember the the music festival that was oh, fake? Oh yeah. But he brought yeah, in a yeah, bunch okay. of Instagram models. With ja Rule. Yeah, with Ja oh, okay. Rule. He brought in a bunch of Instagram models. So one models. of those were the girls. No, no, no. Oh, I'm just okay. saying those are social media influencers, oh, okay, okay. right? So he brought oh. in a bunch of social media influencers to to create hype around this event, and then sold a bunch of tickets. And it, we now there's documentaries about how mm-hmm. how it was an utter failure, and he's going to prison for it. But these are two quote-unquote Instagram models, whatever the heck that means. And and so they're doing something wrong at a baseball game. We all agree on that. I just don't understand why people are, are hating on this action in such a way when everything else around us is about trying to get ours. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, everybody's trying no, to get there. Right. Like, I, I, I want to build myself. or I'm going to have... Oh, oh! I've got, I've got six daughters. Better put it on a TV show. I guess. Oh, I, I'm a teen mom. Better put it on a TV show. Oh, I'm what, dating a Kardashian. Better put it on a TV show. I guess this is. I guess to kind of play, you know, sort of the devil's advocate here. Uh, I think it's not necessarily they're mad at them. It's why did you choose to do it now? If you got a million and some followers apiece. You can whatever you need to do. You can do it on your platform. You still bring awareness. Why then come to a family friendly event and then do that? Because it get, breaks get, through. No, no, no. You're, no, uh, listen. I, I, you know? I couldn't care less one way or the other. I mean, I don't watch it's it. It's a story. Yeah, my but, princess. I can't stop talking about yeah, it. But that's good. Whatever. <laughs> we'll go um, to that tape later on. He studied the tape really, really exactly. strong. There's no need to yeah. study the tape. You, you thought your dissection was good? Oh yeah. We'll play his later yeah, on in the show. He, he watched that thing a hundred times. But obviously, to me, it's, it's it's a bunch of people, and I wouldn't even call all of them prudes. Um, because yes, you have some some people that are just everything is just a problem. But I think, and I'm never going to tell anybody yeah. how to parent their. And kids. then there that's, are some people that are like, listen, um, it's a family friendly event, and just like we don't want the belligerent guy screaming and yelling and cursing while my kids around, 
I don't want to yeah. have you know somebody you know flashing their boobs in front of my yeah, in DJ, front of my kids. DJ would hate that. Yeah, I mean he probably <laughs> I probably would love it. I mean, let's be real about I it. I mean, that, uh, that's but part I can of, understand. You know, like, it's course, a family friendly event. Why do it here when you got a million followers a piece? You can't have you can't have nudity at baseball stadiums on national TV. I, I, I get bottom, it. I, I understand, but but then again, but also I keep mean, in keep why, in mind the setting too. Outrageous. Like if this was if this was at a UFC pay per view, they would love it. Wouldn't be as big of an issue but it's baseball it's america it's apple pie it's chevrolet it's yeah. america's pastime it's in marquee primetime television spot and it's right behind home play so all the all the little nuances of where it, it happened it, it builds up it builds right? up yeah there's no question again i listen I, I i don't think anyone has a right to tell anybody else how to parent their children so that's exactly. not what this is about if, if you have a certain belief system and you know that no one's gonna ever tell you not to feel that way or not to, to act that way it is it is okay though for us to point out that you know we sort of live in this world where everything is about trying to get your 15 minutes like mm-hmm. everything we do is trying to like if you can grab this or grab that or gain this or make more money on this or develop a brand here or whatever like that's sort of the world we live in now mm-hmm. and so if you've got a million and a half twitter fo- instagram followers like one of this girls do or whatever she's in a place where her career is like, all right, I've got to find some way to make something happen, right? Like, the other one's got 3 million followers, and she's like, I've got to figure out a way to, like, I'm trying to build a brand here. I'm trying to market myself to people. Well, how how can I do that? Well, I could cross a line, do something sort of wrong, and now everyone in every market in America is going to talk about it. And what, what, what is The Bachelor? What, what's The Bachelorette? What are those shows? That's That's nothing different except for there's no... There's no nudity, right? And in every other, a lot of countries in the world, they don't care about this kind of this level of nudity. We care a lot about but it. This is what it is. It is what it is. This is what it is. No one in this day and age, there's no no one loves like the 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 mystery of what's underneath. They don't care. No, no one cares. No one wants to give you that mystery anymore. No one wants to, this. Is sanctity here? You can't see it unless. Well, I think no I one wants that. that. I think there's a lot of people that are like now, that. I, there are more people that are not like you live that in than Tennessee. there are. <laughs> and, and, and no, I'm, just because I live in Tennessee, believe me, I've I've seen a lot. Oh, there's plenty of people they that flaunt. Yeah, I get it exactly. But, like, but there's there's a but lot. But I'm people saying that like for the most part, that that you know, it's mine. I'm keeping it. You got to be the special person to see it. That's gone. For the most part, I'm not saying everybody's like that, yeah, but for the most part, because if it wasn't, don't go out we wouldn't ho- have television shows. Don't go out on Halloween night to the, <laughs> exactly. adult, to the adult half of the Halloween party. <laughs> Coming up next, we will talk shop with the president. Sean Henry joins us for his weekly appearance. We'll talk sports with Sean. Coming up next, you're on Morning Drive. It is Morning Drive, ESPN 1025. The game, good to have you in on a Wednesday. Preds fans, Smashville Live returns Wednesday, hosted by me, Braden Gall, live from Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House in East Nashville, located at 1003 Russell Street from 7 to 8 p.m. Make sure you're there. This week's guests are Nashville Predators players Ryan Johansson and Colton Sissons. How about that? A limited number of player autographs or pictures will be available, so be sure to get there early. Fans can register to win two tickets to an upcoming Preds home game. So that's cool. Smashville Live is brought to you, of course, by our wonderful sponsors, New Amsterdam Vodka, Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, and Red Spirits and Wine. Again, that's coming up tonight, 7 o'clock. Make sure you are there. Boomba's Craft uh, Pizza and Tap House in East Nashville, my neighborhood. All right, it's Wednesday. It's a little after 8.30, so it's time to talk shop with the president of the Nashville Predators and CEO, Sean Henry, who I got to believe is feeling pretty good this morning. His captain has been locked up long term, and his franchise just laid a beatdown on a rival within the Central Division. Sean, how are you feeling this morning? 
Well, I've had uh, worse days. It's a pretty good one. <laughs> For sure. You know, we, we, we talk sports every week, and I, I feel like, you know, when you think about some of the worst events in sports, and I'm talking about on-the-field plays, total disasters, debacles, a lot of people think of the Mark Sanchez butt fumble with the Jets back on Thanksgiving a handful of years ago. I didn't think that could be eclipsed until I saw two things this weekend. I saw Baker Mayfield throw an interception on a shovel pass, which I never thought I would see. And then I saw a Buccaneers wide receiver go in motion and tackle his own man, which inadvertently helped the Tennessee Titans. When you think of bad sports moments, is there one that still stands out for you? Well, I don't know if a Jet sports moment can be the worst because every minute they play is the worst sports moment. Uh, But... I hate this segment because as soon as you suggested it, obviously there's the worst sports play in the history of football. It bounces to my head. It was the first year I thought, oh, my gosh, my team's going to make the playoffs. I grew up a Giants fan, but I always had a playoff favorite team because we never made the playoffs. It just was not even a thought for me that we'd play in January until all we had to do was run the clock out. You couldn't take a knee back then. But just do something simple, Joe Pisarczyk. Something simple. <laughs> but instead, he changed the future of football, and he caused the fact that quarterbacks can now take a knee in the victory formation. And Joe Pisarczyk caused a nightmare in New Jersey, not the miracle mm. of the Meadowlands. And to this day, I love Herm Edwards. <laughs> Every time I hear him speak, I get so mad at Pisarczyk. And where did Pisarczyk go the next year? Do you know, Philly fan? Uh, I do not know. Could you refresh my memory? Eagles. It was oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah, I went to the Super Bowl. Yes. You guys lost. Well, that's yeah, what I we do in Philly. We always lose. Was, was that the pass interference on Harold Carmichael? Is that right? Is that correct in the Super Bowl? Called so. Call back a touchdown. It, so I didn't watch it. It didn't matter. <laughs> they lost. But, yeah, no, that Joe Pisarczyk moment was absolutely awful because I really thought, oh, my gosh, my team's going to actually play in the playoffs. And he made sure we did not. Sean, what would you go buy if I gave you $72 million and some change? Ooh, $72 million at once. Uh, I don't know. I'd probably do what I'm doing right now. Uh, I'd buy a nice beach house, I think. And then... <laughs> you still talk to us? You still come uh, on with us? Uh, $72 million? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going. Million? No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, obviously a huge day yesterday for your captain, uh, Roman Yossi. Uh, you know, eight years, 72, and some change. Um, biggest contract the Predators have ever given. Uh, congratulations to the organization, Sean. Yeah, it really is exciting. I mean, he's, uh, we all know what a great player he is, but he's also a wonderful guy. You know, he chose to live in Nashville. He got married this summer in Nashville. And uh, you, know, you probably heard his comments yesterday. It was important for him to be here for the rest of his career, and that's why that no-movement clause was so, so important to him. And a lot of people said, you know, why did the deal take so long to get done? The deal got done, but at the same time, you know, the summer he got married, and, you know, when you're talking about establishing a player to be here for the rest of his career and locking him in for us, it takes a little bit of time, but we, we knew what we wanted, he knew what he wanted, and we both got it. And it's just so much fun to be able to know that number 59 is going to be a predator for life. Sean Henry joining us as he does every Wednesday here on Morning Drive at 8.30. So I saw a good tweet over the weekend. Uh, Nash was actually tweeting out how we had the Nashville sweep of Tampa Bay. The Preds beat the Lightning on Saturday, and obviously the Titans took care of business against the Bucks on Sunday. So Nash tweets out, uh, with the weekend sweep, the city of Tampa should now be forced to relinquish the Tampa Bay Rays 
to the city of Nashville, <laughs> and Major League Baseball would come to Nashville. So you clearly have had success building a hockey team in, quote, a non-traditional hockey market. Do you? Th- and I'm, I'm just playing off the Nash tweet. Do you think baseball would ever work here in the city of Nashville? Oh, absolutely. And, and let's not forget what happened this weekend. Sweeping the city of Tampa, for me personally, is a big deal. It's fun. You know, it's like uh, just beating up on you know your your old friend or something. So I think the just uh, reward is getting the, the raise. And I'm really bullish on baseball for Nashville. I'm bullish on any event for Nashville. You know, as you know, we're big cheerleaders for soccer. I think it's going to be additive to what we do. It's going to help the whole sports landscape, live events. And I think baseball would help fill a lot more of those summer dates. And that's no disrespect to the sounds, as you guys know. I'm a pretty big fan. Go quite a bit. But uh, if you can get a major league team, I think it'd be tremendous for all of us. Now, I mean, you've you've lived in 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 Detroit, um, well, up north uh, in Michigan, so you know how big all of their sports are. Um, you know, so so much so that they put them all downtown, which I think is great because it's just a awesome. hassle to go out to the Palace and then the Silver Dome. You had to go so many places just to watch a game. Um, would you you said baseball would work here? Um, do you think? Because I'm a huge basketball fan. Do you think basketball uh, would work here, here, here in Nashville? Do you think it would have a little bit trouble, trouble trying to, you know, get going um, in this city? Well, like I said, I, I really think Nashville can support anything that mm-hmm. is a quality product, you know, not just on the court or field or ice, but you, you, you surround it with a great entertainment. And so, yeah, I, I think it would. There's some difficulties mm-hmm. there. You know, uh, let's say we got an NBA team. Will we share an arena? Would you build a new arena for both of us, a new arena just for them? Uh, and then you run into some concert complications. The winter is a little crowded. Mm-hmm. But again, like I said about baseball, I feel the same way about anything we bring in. If we brought in another 82 dates in the winter for a, a basketball team, I think it would be excellent. I really do. And like you said, there are so many good examples of cities that used to be a little larger, and now they're getting closer to our size as we grow and they shrink, that support all four really, really well. And I don't think we'd be any different. Sean, speaking of dates and speaking of support, some great initiatives going on right now. November 2nd is the first of two Hockey Fights Cancer Games this year. Tell Preds fans and tell our listeners how they can get involved and what that entails. Well, November 2nd is also my son's birthday, so I can't forget that. So okay. happy birthday, Stevie. He's listening, so i got to do that. He should be. Um, but yeah, Hockey Fights Cancer uh, you know, is something we love doing. You know, we put together a 365 fund with Pekka and Shea a few years ago that really gave a good face and passion and brand to umbrella our two Hockey Fights Cancer Nights. And we do, too. You know, we added one a few years, or the second one a few years ago. But uh, it's an opportunity to, you know, bring out a lot of kids and families that are up against something they shouldn't be against and celebrate them, give them a chance to smile, no needles that day, no treatment that day, raise some money for needed research so there are fewer and fewer kids that uh, have to go through that. And it's amazing what the research dollars have done over the past 20 years and where the success rates fall right now. But unfortunately, they're not high enough, so we need to do this. So it's an idea. the idea is to bring people together to celebrate you know, kids that are doing something they shouldn't be doing and raise some dollars. So you can go to our website um, to buy in advance some uh, I Fight for Pucks. You get one. We'll put some on display. Uh, there's a way to still buy tickets. There's a way just to donate. Our auction for that day will go live the day before on Friday. And the goal is to uh, generate close to $200,000 on each day uh, to raise those necessary funds. So it will be a fun celebration around something so horrific. But the idea is to celebrate, smile, hug, remember those that we've lost, but celebrate those that are still with us. Sean, always a pleasure. We appreciate the time. Always fun to chat. And if you have some free time today and you find yourself 
you know, a little bit bored, you can always go to YouTube and pull up the Deshaun Jackson punt return against the Giants. I know that that miracle was a, a good memory as well. Uh, that one didn't bother me as much as Pisarczyk. Pisarczyk right. was on an 11-year-old child, and I'm still crying about it. So <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you guys lost the next year, you filthy animal. <laughs> good stuff. Thank you, Sean. See you guys. Thank so, and Henry joining us. He's, he's so right, though. Like, the things that happened to me between age like 12 and 17 in sports are so much more painful oh, yeah. than any of the things that I've experienced as an adult. Like the Packers losing to the Broncos in the Super Bowl, the Knicks losing to the Rockets. And I was also 12 years old and I was there for the game six of the Knicks Rockets series in 94. And I swear Stark still got fouled in the last possession, but whatever people don't forget. Um, Real quickly, were you, like, so I, was, was, I cried like on the way back to, Austin. Were you at the game when they broke in and broke away from the no, game for was, OJ? That was game seven. Okay. Um, I, I believe, right? If game, I don't know. That's why I was asking you. you you're, the, you're the one who's obsessed with OJ. So. Hey, Twitter world. <laughs> no, I, I think it was game seven, right? Derek, Marquise, anybody? Uh, I think it was game seven that they broke in for the, for the Bronco chase. They were in um, Houston, right? So they played in Houston game six and seven because yeah, okay. they still did the stupid 2-3-2 two, two thing. But I, I went to game six. The Knicks were up 3-2. Three, three to two. And I went to game six with my dad. We drove over from Austin, which is, if you've ever driven from Austin to, to Houston, there's no interstate. Yeah, it, it was so game Because it was game seven, and then it was the parade, wasn't it, for the Rangers? When the Rangers celebrating the championship? The Rangers won the Stanley Cup that year. In 94. In 94. Yeah. 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 So, so they were celebrating the championship at the same time where that yeah. was going on, right? <clears throat> there was like three other things that happened on that day, too. Like that day was mm. is considered like one of the weirdest days in sports history. But game six is like I remember being a twelve year old kid, like crying in the car on the way back to Austin, being like, I can't believe we yeah. just because they would have won the NBA championship that year, and my favorite player of all time, Patrick Ewing, would have won a championship. And, and but instead, he did. And same thing with the Super Bowl against the Broncos. Like I remember those things far more. Like, like I can feel it, right? Like I can feel the emotion of how I felt in that moment way more than anything that's happened, you know, since becoming a you know twenty five year old and up. Mm. Like I just, it's it's very different. I don't know. The, the, this industry also takes that away from you as well. It does. The The one that scars me the most as a kid is Joe Carter, the home run off of oh, Mitch Williams God, for the yeah. Blue Jays. With the, with the two arms up, yep. jumping down the first base. Yep. Oh, man. That's, but a, that's a bad one. 15 years later, Matt Stairs hits that home run against the Dodgers off of Broxton. And, and, and the, I don't think it's landed still. It's also the best post-game quote in the history of of post-game quotes where he said, he's. I'm paraphrasing here, I think, but he basically came back. He was asked about the feeling in the dugout when he came back to the dugout, and I think Matt Sayers said, "Yeah, it's just a, it's such a great feeling to get your ass hammered by dudes." <laughs> I, think, I think is what he said. <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, see if you can pull that up, Marky. See if yeah. you can find that the Matt Stairs post game comments. It's one of the funniest oh, things I've wow. ever ever heard in my entire life. Stick to sports. Coming up next. Oh, let me tell you about Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, folks. Let me tell you about those wonderful people at Spring Hill Heating and Cooling. Listen, now is the time of the year that you need to get your house checked up. Join the Comfort Club, Spring Hill Heating and Cooling. They'll check, they'll check out your house twice a year, and they'll make sure that everything's running smoothly. Because, again, when the wintertime comes and, and, the, and the temperatures start to drop, that's when things start to get a little dangerous for your heating and cooling. Uh, obviously, you're heating in, in, in the wintertime, and you, you want all the pipes to be fleshed out and working right, and you need everything to be uh, clicking on all cylinders and, and all that good stuff. And that's where Spring Hill Heating and Cooling comes in. Again, they will help you save money on the costly big repairs and replacements by not only offering you great financing plans if that does happen, but they want to try to prevent that stuff. So that's why you join the Comfort Club. And right now, during this time of the year, is the time to get your house checked out because they can help you prevent major problems, costly problems with your house moving forward. They are great, wonderful sponsors of Smashville Live, of course, back tonight at 7 o'clock. 
Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, a big part of the, the, the Smashville Live project as well. So um, we obviously love them for that. So check them out. SpringHillAC.com is the website. SpringHillAC.com. Um, tell them Braden sent you. And again, we're not using anybody else any longer. My family uses Spring Hill Heating and Cooling because they've got over two decades of experience in Middle Tennessee taking care of homes. Join the Comfort Club. Get your house checked out now. It'll save you money in the long run, and it might save you money in the short term on your bills and your efficiency as well. Spring Hill Heating and Cooling. SpringHillAC.com is the website. SpringHillAC.com. Saving all our love for you just between 6 and 10 a.m. The rest of the day, we're just miserable curmudgeons. But when the lights go on and the red light is flashing, we become professional broadcasters. That's what we're paid to do. Professional is a loose term. Very loose. But, but by the way, Marquise, did you pull up the uh, Matt Stairs audio? Should we do that before Stick to Sports just so that I can cover my own backside here? This was, this was a... Uh, this was the Matt Stairs post-game commentary after hitting, what was it, Nick, a walk-off? Was it a walk-off pinch hit home running against the yeah, Dodgers? Yeah, Stairs two- off of uh, Jonathan Broxy. In 2008, this was his comments post-game. You know, I think it's one of those things where you, you know, you've been here for a month and you want to get that one big hit where you, you feel like you're really part of the team. And not that I don't feel like I'm part of the team, by no means, but when you get that, you know, that nice celebration coming into the dugout and um, getting your ass hammered by guys, uh, there's no better feeling than, than to have that done. And, uh, it's definitely the, uh, the top pinch home run of, of my career. Yeah. You can hear the, the media people laughing. <laughs> you can hear the people in the room like trying to keep their laughs at a minimum. I just wanted to make sure that I played that and I didn't make that up. No, true story. I can confirm. It was, I uh, lived it. Thank you for that. Hollywood, let's stick to sports. The world is a crazy place. Crazy sounding pretty good right now. Let's lighten the mood. After all that seriousness, <laughs> you're just going to crumple it up and throw in the trash. Basically. And stick to sports. Now, on Morning Drive. All right, D-Mace, you know the drill. Stick to Sports is brought to you by Decorated Den Interior. Stick with the pros at Decorated Den. When you're ready to decorate your home, office, or outdoor spaces, uh, request a complimentary appointment, which is free in this world, at decoratingden.com. Number one. All right, fellas, welcome into the Marquis Munson dissection. We're going to go into my Instagram dissection of mm. our very own Jared Stillman. <laughs> now, I sent you guys this picture yesterday. And it's a picture before the show, I guess, of Jared walking in to Pete and Terry's Tavern. So, Mm. now, mind you, it has a caption, a Jay Billis caption, you know, got to go to work. And I guess he's trying to get the whole NBA player walking to the game vibe in this picture. But it's just so many things to dissect. One... If you want to take a picture like this, you have to take – he had a backpack yesterday because I saw him yesterday. So he had to put his backpack up. Well, let's also explain, like, what people are – so they can visualize it. So he's he's, he's wearing headphones. The wireless headphones, so he looks like an athlete, right, trying to come into a game. He's got the the shades on, the quarter zip sweater, some khakis, holding his muscle milk as he he rolls into Pete and Terry's. (laughs) With the shades on. Uh, I think he's making duck lips and a, and a kissy face. <laughs> no, he's definitely making duck lips. I think lips. he's making a kissy face. I'm not sure. Um, and he's kind of in stride, like entering Pete and Terry. He's like, going to work, guys. It's like, just picture you're watching an NFL pregame show on Sunday. And they go on site to reporters and they show like Tom Brady getting off the yeah. bus and he's carrying his bag and he's yeah. wearing his nice dress clothes. 
and he's wearing his wireless headphone beats and he's rolling through the tunnels of a stadium <laughs> getting ready to go to war for three hours. That is basically what Stillman had somebody do for him walking into a remote broadcast. So I'm just I'm tripping because that is a violation of biblical proportions. No, I'm just tripping because he he actually gave somebody his phone or had them do it with their phone and he said, Okay. Candid. When I come in, <laughs> I want you to take a picture. I'm going to walk in as if, you know, I didn't know the camera was rolling. Well, or the well was rewind that though, D-Mace, because he had to drop his backpack yes. in the, in the, at the station first, and then he had to walk back out to so get the phone. Are, to we the sure, yeah. are we sure that happened? We don't have evidence okay. that that happened. I actually have late breaking news. A source <laughs> close to the situation, uh-huh. and I believe this source is more credible then Titans F-Pod or whatever that reported yesterday Marcus was going on IR. This picture was not taken yesterday because yesterday, and I'm reading this quote directly from a text message, Uh-oh. anonymous source, source I trust though, he walked in wearing a beanie and looking like a homeless person. <laughs> so this picture is from another time. Oh, wow. and, we know, and we know Floyd can't text, so it's not Floyd. Right. Oh, wow. And we know Floyd would never take a picture of Jared for Jared. There you go. I, oh, I, I will wow. confirm that. I've confirmed it. Now we've so, got three sources. So, so you mean and to tell me it wasn't me. sunny outside, was it? <laughs> Not for sunglasses. Nah. Man, this 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 picture. I don't know what to say <laughs> about this picture, man. I'm just you're the you're uh, the cool Instagram no, guy. This tell point, us what's this wrong with it. This picture is not cool. <laughs> it's not a made cool up picture. I know a lot of pictures are made up. How many times do you think they took this picture? Three. Yeah, I think so. Too. But that means he had to keep walking back outside, he, gather he his composure, it and then matter. walk back inside. It doesn't and matter. And he him. still did a duck face. Yeah, he and he still yeah, did yeah, kissy lips. Why are you giving a duck lips? Why man? are you giving me the kissy lips? Exactly. <laughs> the muscle milk's a nice touch. Here's the question, though: Is he still winning? Because we're sitting here talking. A hundred percent. Yeah. Absolutely. But he knows In the words of Braden Gall, don't take the bait. We did. And, we and we're taking the bait. The bait. Yeah. We took the bait for three minutes there. Yeah, we took the bait. Uh, but it's so But hey, funny. We, got, we got through a segment. So. It's so yeah. funny, though. Gosh, I'm just looking at this picture. Like. But it's not funny. So is this one of those times where we shouldn't be rude or so we should say, like, dude, we're not laughing with you. We're laughing at you. Okay. Oh, no. I, I think it's a hundred percent a violation. Is he making duck lips, or he's, or he's, or is he like is just the way his mouth naturally and exhaling? Yeah, like it's time to go to work. He's still like he's tired. Yes, I'm just trying to figure this out. From man. walking back and forth, from did taking that picture did, over did, and over. Did he just step off a plane? Like he looks like the pilot. Why does he have on the headphones? We have not talked about this. Yeah, like right. I, wear, I wear earbuds when I walk around downtown all the time because you have to park one place and then walk a couple blocks to get someplace. Mm. So I use the little, you know, whatever comes with my phone. Yeah. I don't use the wireless, like, giant beats where, like, I don't know. Which like, also just... means that if he's, if someone's taking the picture with his phone, obviously the headphones are connected to his phone that they're taking a picture of him with. So he's not listening to anything because the person has his phone You're and right. is taking a picture. Well, it could still be playing music, though, right? Well, once you take the picture, the music kind of just stops, though, too. So You can't you can't listen to music and take a photo at the same time? Well, phone? you can, but, I mean, I mean, what's the point of... Here, I'm going to hand you my phone. Keep it on Jeezy because that's where Jay Billis gets his his little quotes from that I got to go to work. So put some Jeezy on. I'm going to walk in and then, you know, I'm going to duck face. You're, you're right. If there's no music playing, it's even worse. Man, if there's no, he's wearing the headphones and there's no music playing. Still, poll poll question. Who's got more swag, Jeezy or Jared? 
It's not a poll question. It's, it's definitely not. not a poll question. <laughs> it's not a poll question. Who's got more Jay swag? Jay Billis or? No, it's Jay Billis. Yeah, sneaker, Jay Billis sneaker is... game is strong. Um, uh, who's got more swag? Floyd or Stillman? Oh, Floyd. That's Floyd, the easy. question. Floyd. Hey, Floyd. And Floyd wears like the uh, the orthopedic all white. Uh, you know, or black. He gets a black. Uh, all black, all white orthopedic. Uh, Air Sabins. They're, yeah, they're yeah. They're, they're Still, cool. man, you need to slow down on the muscle milk too. <laughs> it's just uh, this word advice. Slow down on the muscle milk. Man. He had a cardboard <laughs> box full of muscle milk. I was his roommate at, at Hoover in the SEC media days. Condolences. He didn't show up with like one for each day. And then put it in the fridge, you know, like a normal person would. Like, you have one, all right, you put it in the fridge. He had a cardboard box. It was like a Costco-sized box of muscle milk that he brought with him to SCC. Don't you know that muscle milk was full of sugar, probably? Isn't it just sugar and, like... Now, can we confirm that's muscle milk and not, like, Nestle Quick Yoohoo or something? that's that's muscle milk. (laughs) That's muscle milk. I'm trying to read the label. I don't know if it says organic or it starts with... It looks like the exact same box he brought in when he had 46 of them with him. Yeah, you're probably right. But Stillman, keep doing. Some, you know what, Stillman, keep doing you, man. He gets them right from the distributor. Keep doing you, brother. Rise him in bulk. You straight winning. <laughs> I don't know how, but you are. <laughs> you are winning, buddy. <laughs> you are winning, buddy. All right, stick to sports is in the books. Adam Vingan in the final hour. The big finish in the final hour, uh, and then also. We're going to get Derek Mason's perspective from a locker room standpoint. When a guy gets something that the organization typically doesn't give out, how does that sit with the rest of the room? We're back after this on Morning Drive.